This week, I'm joined by Alex Bunkers of Techmetric. Sit back, because you don't want to miss it. So before we dive headlong into this interview, let me tell you a little bit about Alex Bunkers. Alex is the head of operation for Techmetric, where she has led the effort to build a customer experience and success program from the ground up since 2018. Today, we're doing a deep dive into a white paper she wrote called Quantifying Inefficiencies in Your Shop, which is aimed at helping shops maintain a strong awareness on every aspect of the shop, from inventory management to proactively keeping up with KPIs. So without further ado, here's Alex. So hey, Alex, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first, thank you guys so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Um, But okay, about me, I actually was a digital experience consultant in my past life before joining Techmetric. I had some personal ties to the company in its early stages, and I thought what Prashant and Sunil were doing was really innovative. And I figured it'd be kind of fun to take a stab at everything I learned in consulting days and try to help build something from scratch with them and the other people that were already here. So originally I took over what is now our support and onboarding team from Sunil and our CTO Taylor. I still lead those teams, but also started a new capability this year called RevOps. And I also had a daughter, so she's turning one tomorrow. So new juggling work and new parent life. All right. So tell us about the white paper. You know, your white paper is called Qualifying Inefficiencies in Your Shop, and it's aimed at helping shops maintain a strong awareness on every aspect of the shop, from inventory management to proactively keeping up with KPIs. You know, talk about the data points you captured and how you identified those pain points for shops. Yeah. So the pain points originally were learned really anecdotally from the all of the shops that use Techmetric over the three and a half years I've been here. You know, all being on our onboarding and support teams, I got to see how thousands of shops handle different aspects of the business. And so by combining that firsthand experience and cross-pollinating that with the experience of other people on our team that had come from different backgrounds, a lot of them even shop backgrounds, we formed hypotheses and began testing those hypotheses with data. And how can we, how can we help shops identify those areas themselves and grow? So how long did it take to develop the white paper? I mean, how much time was like was poured into research, development, and then actually compiling it all and writing the paper? So that's a funny answer because really the white paper itself didn't actually take too long because we've been gathering this data for years, right? Like we already know a lot of this stuff about our shops and we wanted to put it into one place in a white paper for people to have access to it. So the white paper itself, once we came to the realization that there should be one, didn't take too terribly long. But the data and insights, that is, I mean, you could even argue years of team experience and talking with all of the shops, like it's definitely been um, taking a village to get here. So, so, you know, we have shops that, you know, still talk about running on analog systems of pen and paper. We've got shops that are digital now. What have you learned about each of these shops in terms of efficiency and opportunity gained or lost with each of those systems of tracking? We get shops that come to Techmetric from a wide variety of systems and the functionality of each of those systems is, it varies so greatly, honestly, especially when you combine all the various integrations out there. So it would be really hard to answer that question as a blanket statement, but if I can, do you mind if I focus on the pen and paper part of that question? No, have at it. Okay, so we find, it was funny you asked this because we find that shops coming from pen and paper 
actually have the hardest time transitioning Techmetric. And it makes sense because it's so fundamentally different. If switching, we, we often equate switching to Techmetric would be like switching from a flip phone to an iPhone, but then switching from pen and paper, you could equate to writing letters to texting. It's a pretty massive mindset shift. And if you think of it this way, if your shop is doing really well as a pen and paper shop or even an older SMS, think of all the opportunity to be gained by modernizing how you do things. You know, Don't be discouraged by the work and the changes that lie ahead. Those changes and improvements are actually gonna be the fuel that help you grow your business. Does that make sense, right? Like if you were doing things perfectly, everything you could perfectly right now, then you'd be at your ceiling and you wouldn't have much room to grow your business. So there's lots, pen and paper especially is hard, but that is the fuel and can be big impacts down the road. Yeah, so what do you think are the major benefits of using uh, you know, shop management software in terms of time, management, access to historical data or customer relationships? Well, the saying time is money is no truer <laughs> than in the automotive industry. You're literally charging people's time, right? So I don't know of a single shop owner that would say they love having to dig through a file cabinet to find an old RO or a purchase order. And it's hard to keep like track of tech hours in a journal or a spreadsheet, which we have some shops that come to us doing that. So having a shop management system allows you to stop spending time in your business and more time on your business or just more time at home or on vacation with your family, right? Shops are stretched for time as it is. So if you're spending all your time and putting data and building the same reports over and over again, then when are you actually gonna have time to sit down and think about what those reports show? Actually, cloud-based is another huge component of that because it allows so much flexibility. Mm -hmm. So in the early days of Techmetric, we don't do this anymore, but we used to offer 27 support, 24 seven support. And I can't tell you how many evenings or weekends I would even get calls from customers. And for me, being able to log into Techmetric and see exactly what the shop was seeing and help coach them along or solve their problem, that was invaluable. And I did it all from my iPhone. And I'm sure many owners or managers out there can relate to getting calls from their team while they're away from the shop and not being able to help without having to remote into the server or something. And this just puts a lot of the control back in your hands. Right on. You guys mentioned, you know, Jennifer uh, Mikulski from Mike's Auto Repair in Haddam, Connecticut. You know, she's a shop owner that we featured in the September issue as a case study in changing from analog to CMS, what you guys had her as. Uh, talk about her experience a little bit and what she discovered and learned, you know, by moving on from pen and paper and moving into a shop management suite. Yeah. So Jennifer and the team at Mike's, they were handwriting invoices and scanning them into QuickBooks. And so when she switched to Techmetric, the time saved just doing those tasks alone that she reallocated to activities like generating more revenue and getting more appointments booked by building relationships with customers, right? Um, so let's just say, to illustrate this, let's just say you're a shop with 250 ROs a month. That's your average car count. If you save just five minutes per RO, that's over 20 hours a month. And I would argue that having an SMS actually saves way more than five minutes. And it's going to increase your bottom line from both a cost savings perspective, right? Things like direct integrations to order parts from, have those parts automatically appear on tickets, texting out approvals and estimates and not having to scan things in. But it also helps your bottom line from a revenue perspective, automatically having the customer history and past decline jobs readily available to have a sales conversation about when the customer drops off their car or auto applying markups to hit margin goals. I mean, the list can go on and on, but there's a lot of benefits and things that they discovered as well as, as Jennifer and the team at Mike's. 
started using Techmetric. I know there's a lot of really small kind of mom and pop shops. You know, like I said, Jennifer's one of the rural shops that we covered. Is there any good reason to remain on an analog system in 2022? I, I would argue not. I mean, it is a huge mindset shift mindset shift that requires a strong desire to want to put in the time to have your team learn. But for all the reasons mentioned above, there's really no good reason to remain on an analog system, not to mention that shop customers have different expectations these days, right? Especially since COVID, so many people have become accustomed to shopping on Amazon, Instacart, and ordering Ubers. I mean, my 80-year-old grandma now, she loves shopping on Instacart too. Like they, the point being really, is that customers have grown to expect these digital experiences as well in other areas of their life, like getting an inspection with pictures and explanations and their estimate for repairs sent straight to their iPhone because they're at work, right? People are busy and they want to review this stuff on their time. Now, you mentioned the need for shop owners to identify important KPI and then take steps to improve on those metrics. You know, for starters, which KPI is the most common and which are the most overlooked? So the, the most common that we see, and really, I don't think anyone in the industry would argue these, um, average repair order, right? Um, shops that use Techmetric, the average ARO year-to-date this year is $536, and last year was $479. So it's growing up, and kind of even looping back to your question about the analog system, yeah, it might be something that is an additional cost, but you spend money to make more money, and that's definitely a huge benefit. Um, the other metrics that we see a lot of times are car count and close ratio. Those are really basics, right? Close ratio, sometimes people measure that differently in terms of dollars versus jobs. We highly, we recommend doing it as dollars instead of just job approvals versus not. Uh, one that's kind of hit or miss is profit margin. Actually, you'd be surprised. Like the, the number of shops that really have a focus on every line item and are they hitting certain profit margin thresholds for different part categories and labor? those shops do really well then compared to shops that might just take the list price from a catalog or something. Um, and I think you mentioned what is, what's one that's overlooked, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So one that's actually overlooked it, but pretty important. We see a lot of our advanced shops use this is gross profit per hour because it's a really good indicator. If you are at least turning a profit for every man hour you're putting in, then that's a great, great place to start scaling your shop. And if you can take small steps to increase it at the hour level, then that accumulates at the end of the month, week, month, or even year. Okay. And in the white paper, you offered three steps shop owners could follow to promote growth and productivity within a shop. Can you tell us what they are and why they matter? Of course. So the first step is really just establishing a baseline. That's your starting point, so to say. Um, the second step would be improve the shop's process. This is going to be where you make adjustments in your overall shop flow. Sometimes big changes, other times small tweaks, but the margins of these changes are going to be what propels you forward to a new baseline as you continuously cycle through this process. The third thing that I cover in the white paper is tracking the trends over time. It seems basic and obvious, but just doing this one time does not help you. It has to be a discipline and something you do consistently to track data and circle back after each change to see what impact it had on your baseline. And that becomes important because it's the foundation for the next set of changes you're gonna go through. Okay, so let's talk about that first one. You know, once a shop owner identifies key areas to improve, how do they begin the process of managing, tracking, and continually improving using this data? Yeah, so like I mentioned in the paper, you can't get to where you want to be if you don't even know where you're starting, right? Anytime you're looking at 
a place you want to go to that you don't know how you you have to put your starting and ending location into the Google Maps, right? So what I mean by establishing a baseline is really just deciding what KPIs do you want to track. If this is a new concept for your shop, start small. Don't try to boil the ocean. There, the three basic ones that I mentioned previously would really be great starting points. And as you become more advanced, there's plenty of metrics to track. So once you have your metrics in mind. I would say getting an infrastructure to make it easy for you to have that data readily available. Um, and to repeat myself from earlier, you don't wanna be doing five hours of work to just get the KPI and then analyze it. You really want that metric to be easy to get whenever you need it so that you can spend more of your time doing the analyzing. And so what's the relationship between workflow and efficiency and productivity in the shop? I think all three of these things are directly related and really complement each other. It, Definitely takes time on the front end to get set up and get right, but it can save you a ton of time day to day. Having a smooth workflow that allows all teams involved to easily collaborate and do their jobs is going to result in higher productivity. So, okay, actually, I was when I was thinking about this, um, do you remember, have you ever seen those videos of like an ornate domino chain reaction? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like that. You're the conductor and your shop responsible for this orchestra between the service writer, the technician getting the parts and of course, keeping the customer updated every step of the way. And the goal is to always be in pursuit of perfecting every little domino piece as part of that design of that. I yeah, like to use that analogy because I think it makes sense. And so how does a shop owner know when they have a workflow problem? Okay, so this is kind of some deeper, deeper explanation. So you might, you probably do have some idea if you work in a shop, what your bottlenecks are, but before you start evaluating where your bottlenecks are formally, I would start actually with breaking out all of the processes in your shop into two tracks. The first one being all of your customer facing things and kind of the step-by-step -step of what your customer goes through. And that's something we like to call the customer journey. For most shops, this is probably gonna look something like vehicle drop-off, DVI and diagnosis, send the estimate, approval, order parts, right? All the way through to payment and pickup. The second track would be all of the back office things you do, your accounting, your inventory audits, your parts reconciliations, right? Things that aren't part of the customer journey. And you can map these out very informally by drawing them, whiteboarding, or if you're OCD like me, you might use a process flow software and there's plenty of free ones out there if you need, you can just Google it. Um, but once you have your high level process mapped out, ask yourself which steps take the most time or which areas cause frustration for your employees, for your customers? Where might you be leaving money on the table? And some easy wins that we see in Techmetric shops are things like setting up a parts and labor matrix to help automate your margins and meet certain margin thresholds. Setting up basic DVI requirements in your shop, like each RO must have the basic DVI completed with photos for at least five different things, whether it's good or bad. And especially linking your like your DVI to can jobs so that whenever something on your DVI is marked as yellow or red, that job automatically appears on the estimate. Um, and another, another really good one that we see is customers just beginning to track their RO lead sources. If you know how your customers are finding you, then you can start turning that faucet on more. So, I mean, really there's so many levers in the shop that can be turned on for them to grow. And we see so many great things that Techmetric shops across the nation are doing. And we want every single one of our customers to be successful. So yeah, you kind of answered my next question, which was how can shops improve their workflow management? Yeah. Well, I mean, really it's 
you only you know your shop and nothing is ever one size fits all we do this in our business at Techmetric all the time uh, let's just take our own onboarding process for example at least a few times a year we sit down and whiteboard out what the ideal process would be so take a, for a shop take part of your customer journey or your back office process that you have identified a bottleneck in and think through what that might look like if you could build it from scratch unbound by any constraints and obviously there are constraints so once you have your ideal flow then you do need to start layering in those so you can get as close to the ideal flow as possible but through a combination of technology processes and people it's going to be a continuous feedback loop to constantly evolve and circle back to that baseline that we talked about a second ago and rethink newer, better ways to do things. Okay. Let's talk about some of the tracking trends. You know, you mentioned that once a shop owner has established their reactive metrics and made some necessary course corrections, it's time for spotting proactive metrics and identifying trends. What are some proactive metrics and what trends do they need to watch? Really good question. This is, this is a little bit more of an advanced concept. So all of the metrics we've talked about so far have been reactive metrics or lagging metrics, meaning that they are the result of something, right? Mm -hmm. All very important, but there's another type of metric called a leading metric or a proactive metric. So for example, we have found that shops who send more DVIs to customers have a higher average repair order. So in this case, the number of DVIs sent to a customer is the leading proactive metric and the resulting or lagging metric is a higher ARO. Um, another example, this might be the number of photos on a DVI as a leading metric, and that correlates with a higher close ratio, which would be the lagging metric. So lagging metrics such as ARO, car count, close ratio, they're extremely important. But if you need to know what to do to improve those metrics, you need to know what levers to pull, aka which leading metrics you should be proactively shooting for to get the desired result. Yeah, no, I love the whole concept of lead and lag measures, you know, because it's because uh, it's like it's like uh, you can't really do much with the with the with the lag, but it's how much can I influence it? How much can I, what can I, what do I have to do to influence that thing to get it to move or to to get to where I need it to be? Exactly, you're right to, on point. And just trying to figure out which processes do that. Right. If you wait till the end of the month to try to change your ARO, it's too late, right? You already need to be tracking other things that you know correlate with your ARO, so you can get things back on track. With and start to course correct if something is starting to go awry. Right on. Let's talk about long game strategies. You know, how does the shop owner use this data to improve month over month, quarter over quarter, year over year? We talked about a baseline a second ago. And if you're making improvements in your shop processes and infrastructure of your business, then your baseline should be getting better and better. There are always innovations in technology, new tools, new concepts to explore. So this is definitely not a one-time thing. You have to track your metrics consistently and always be course correcting. Okay. Yeah. And that's something our, that we found out in our ratchet wrench industry survey. We had about 20% of shop owners who say they don't track any KPI. They say they're too busy to do it. They don't have time to do it. What are shop owners missing out when they don't track? And how does this translate to potentially lost revenue? Well, we hear that reason that there's no time way too frequently. It's actually the biggest reason why shops choose to stay where they're at. And your business might be doing great, but there's always room for improvement, big or small. They, those changes can aggregate to big impacts on your bottom line. And when you don't track metrics or take a serious role in orchestrating your customer journey, you're, you're leaving money on the table. We've worked with thousands of shops during my time at Techmetric, and I definitely notice a correlation between the annual sales 
of the owners who are actively involved in the operations, building the structure, training their teams and tracking metrics versus those who are having a hard time just staying on top of everything. So you sometimes you have to make yourself slow down to speed up. And I think that's the biggest thing is it might take a day or two. So we, I mean, sometimes we have shops that will shut down the shop for us to do training, but then they make it up by higher profits on the back end. So it's definitely worth it. Yeah. And I think that's a, a great lesson from the current situ- current economic situation. You're dealing with all this inflation. If you're charging the same prices, you've got the same metrics going across the board and it's completely even in low inflation, your dollars are higher, but like right now your dollars are a lot lower because you're keeping it even. So like you said, if you don't make changes, if you don't make the adjustment based on the data, you end up losing money by default almost. Exactly. You're, that's a great point too. Of If you're just staying level with what you were a year ago, that profitability threshold is actually decreasing, right? The, the, the gap is narrowing. So Alex, where can shop owners who are interested in reading the entire white paper get access to it? Yes, yeah, so you can find it on our website. The link will be right under the podcast when you're done listening. Excellent. Well, thanks for your time today. Really appreciate you kind of shedding some light on all the information and data in here. I think it's gonna be very helpful to shop owners to check this thing out and uh, appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Bye. And that'll do it for us here today at Ratchet and Wrench Radio. May the rest of your day be the best of your day. And we'll see you next week.